You're listening to The Living Word with Danny Hodges of Calvary Chapel Fellowship in St. Pete. You could take circumcision and take that out and replace that word circumcision with a number of things. Confirmation, baptism of any kind, church attendance, religious signs and symbols that you might wear. There's all kinds of things. Because here's point number three. It's the danger of dependence on religious ritual or observance. It's not something outward. It's not something you do religiously. You'll be deceived. Don't be deceived. The world is going to tell you what it thinks about getting to heaven, and it won't be correct. Pastor Danny will tell you today that things won't do it. No religious symbol you wear, no marks on your church attendance sheet, not even baptism makes you good enough. There's too many people relying on their own actions or their own contributions for salvation, when the only salvation comes through Jesus. Don't fall for the trinkets. Today, turn to the Savior instead. He is enough. Now here's Pastor Danny in the book of Romans chapter 2 as he continues his message, A Matter of the Heart. His righteous judgment will be revealed. God will give it to each person according to what he has done. To those who by persistence in doing good seek glory, honor, and immortality, he'll give eternal life. But for those who are self-seeking, self-seeking, whoa, self-seeking, that's a sin? That's the hardest sin. Most blistering message recorded by Jesus, Matthew 23. He blasted the religious leaders, the religious crowd, the Pharisees, the teachers of the law, and of the things that he said that they hated hearing, but it was the truth about their lives. He said, you're full of greed and self-indulgence, self-indulgence. You're living for self as religious as you are. Your life is not submitted to God. You're religious, you believe in God, but you're not living for him. And that's what he told them. What did they do? They got mad. Those who are self-seeking, who reject the truth and follow evil, there'll be wrath and anger. There'll be trouble and distress for every human being who does evil, first for the Jew, then for the Gentile. But glory, honor, and peace for everyone who does good, first for the Jew, then for the Gentile. Then he makes this final statement. For God does not show favoritism. Don't miss that. He doesn't treat you with favor because you're an American. He doesn't treat the Americans different than he does the Africans. He doesn't treat anybody better than somebody else. He, no, it's level, level at the judgment seat. God doesn't show favoritism. God doesn't say, I love you more than him or her. And, and No, he doesn't show favoritism. 
had a hard time with this message last night. I, you know, when I went to Christian college right after becoming a Christian, and I was a phys ed major, had no plans on being a pastor, public speaker, anything like that. I, I had fear and trepidation standing in front of people. I just didn't do that kind of thing. When they told me, even as a phys ed major, that I had to take speech class to graduate, I almost got in my little Plymouth cricket and drove back to South Carolina. That's the true story. Because I would stand in front of people and I would get flustered and I'd turn red and I would feel faint and sometimes I would faint. And it doesn't happen very often, but it happened last night. And I got so flustered with the message and I, I didn't know where I was in my notes and I was like, and I went home and I just begged God. I said, God, you got to help me. So I throw away all those notes. I just handwrite a couple of things, you know, and I said, Lord, God, you just got to help me. And I changed the outline. The outline has four points, and the first one is simply this. The danger of judging others and failing to properly judge yourself. There's a lot of people going to be in hell. There's a lot of people in hell now, very religious people, very pe people who believed in God, people who believed in the God of the Bible. And they didn't do what other people did, you know. They didn't kill anybody, and they weren't, they weren't as bad as other people, but they thought that they were good enough. It's a terrible mistake to make. Don't make that mistake. I beg you, don't make that mistake. Jesus said in the judgment, some are going to say, Lord, Lord. He's going to say, depart from me. I never knew you. Even people that did things in his name. And he said, I never knew you. The terrible danger of failing to properly judge yourself. Thinking that you're going to get in to the kingdom because of your own goodness. Not going to happen. God doesn't show favoritism. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But then verse 7, or verse 17. We'll come back to 12. Remember, I changed the outline. Verse 17. Now, now he deals specifically with the Jewish people, most religious people. I mean, these are the people that, you talk about religious privilege. There, nobody has greater religious privilege than the Jewish people. God revealed himself to the Jew and through the Jew. Ten Commandments came through the Jew. We have a Jewish Messiah, etc., etc. So now you, if you call yourself a Jew, if you rely on the law and brag about your relationship to God, if you know his will and approve of what is superior because you're instructed by the law, if you're convinced that you're a guide for the blind, a light for those who are in the dark, an instructor of the foolish, a teacher of infants, because you have in the law the embodiment of knowledge and truth, this is exactly the way the Pharisees and teachers of the law felt. Verse 21, you then who teach others, do you teach yourself? You who preach against stealing, do you steal? He's talking to the Jewish people. Now look, <laughs> you, you look at the record of history and some of the most cunning, cunning thieves are Jewish. You who say that people should not commit adultery, do you commit adultery? Whoa. You look at the history in the Bible of the Jewish people. A man after God's own heart, their most beloved king, King David, went out on his balcony one night. He should have been off in war, but he wasn't. He took a break. It was spring. It was a spring break. A lot of people get in trouble then. He got in trouble then. He sees Bathsheba. He sends for her. He sleeps with her. It's a one-night stand, but she gets pregnant. 
He tries to cover it up. If you know the story, he wasn't able to cover it up, so he takes the next step, and he becomes a murderer. He sends Uriah, her husband, one of his mighty men, back on the battlefield. And just as if he had the sword in his hand, he commands his general, and he arranges for Uriah's death in battle. He kills Bathsheba's husband. And then he takes her as his own. You just look at the stories of the Old Testament and it's one soap opera sexual escapade after another. Immorality left and right. You teach it's wrong to commit adultery. Do you commit adultery? (laughs) And Jesus ruined that for everybody when he showed up. Matthew chapter 5 verse 27. He said, hey, if you've looked at a woman and thought about it lustfully, then you've already committed adultery in your heart. Ah, We're all in trouble. You who abhor idols, do you rob temples? Again, the history books tell us that the Jews would actually rob pagan temples. And you know what they would do with the idols? Sometimes they would bow down to them. And the Old Testament's full of that. And even the ones that wouldn't bow down to them, you know what they did? They sold them for personal profit. So that somebody else could have the idol and they could personally profit from it. You who brag about the law, do you dishonor God by breaking the law? Now, this is a good one. Think back to the giving of the law. Here goes Moses up on the mountain to receive the Ten Commandments written by the finger of God in tablets of stone. And while God is writing them, while God is writing the Ten Commandments, the people are breaking them. Before Moses even comes back down with the commandments, they're already breaking them. As it is written, God's name is blasphemed among the Gentiles because of you. What does that mean? It means that the Gentiles see their sinfulness. They see the Israelites' sinfulness. They they, they see it. And they go, yeah, you say, you're a a Christian. (laughs) Yeah, look at the way you live. Point number one, the danger of failing to properly judge oneself. Self-righteousness won't cut it. Point number two, the danger of dependence. Listen. Dependence on religious heritage and maybe even religious privilege. Nobody more privileged than the Jewish people. Nobody more religious. I just want to show you very quickly before we go to the third point, John chapter 8. So keep a marker there in Romans 2 and look just for a moment to John chapter 8. This verse used to throw me. It used to, I just didn't understand it. I understand it now. John chapter 8, and here's what threw me, verse 31. To the Jews who had believed in him, they believe in him, in Jesus. Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you're really my disciples. Then you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And then you have this whole conversation he has with them, and they said, we were Ab- we're Abraham's descendants. We've never been slaves of anyone. Wait a minute. You've never been slaves of anyone? What about Egypt? You forget about Egypt? And they have this argument with Jesus back and forth. And if you read the whole passage, which I'm not going to do, they begin to continue to argue with Jesus that because they're Abraham descendants, they're okay. And Jesus points out to them that you may be Abraham's physical descendants, but you are not his spiritual descendants. 
And he climaxes it by telling them, the reason you don't hear what I have to say is that you don't belong to God. You are of your father, the devil. Whoa! And it used to throw me that he's talking about people who believed in him. They had believed in him. Yeah, they had believed in him, but they had never, ever been born again. They had never been converted. And they were depending on their religious heritage. Even though they're believing in Jesus as the Messiah, they're still depending on their religiosity. Years ago, I got jury duty summons and and I thought, sure, when they began to interview us that I was out of there quick because it was a murder case. And one of the questions in selecting the, the jurors was, what do you believe about capital punishment? And they linked with that question, your religious affiliation. And I just knew that when I say, well, I'm a Christian and I believe based on, and I was going to give them a verse and I did, uh, I believe in capital punishment. And I, I just knew I was out of there, man. I was back, back out in the free world. Not only did I get selected, I became the foreman of the jury. But I will never forget in the process of elimination of asking all these questions, and these two really stood out, and when they ask about religious belief and affiliation, every single person, every single person, and I listen to a lot of people get interviewed, every single person. I'm a Baptist, I'm a Methodist, I'm Presbyterian, I'm Episcopalian, I'm Catholic. And every single person had a religious affiliation, but I will guarantee you not every single person had been born again. And that's the issue here. Tremendous danger of failing to properly judge oneself as you look around at a depraved world Terrible danger of dependence on any kind of religious heritage. You're not going to get in because you attend church or because you have a religious affiliation. And then back in Romans 2, verse 25. Circumcision has value if you observe the law, but if you break the law, you become as though you had not been circumcised. If those who are not circumcised keep the law's requirements, will they not be regarded as though they were circumcised? The one who is not circumcised physically and yet obeys the law will condemn you who, even though you have the written code in circumcision, are a lawbreaker. Now, this can be a, a little bit, a lot of us can't relate to this because he's still talking to the Jewish crowd here. And circumcision was a big deal. Circumcision required by the law you had to circumcise your children the eighth day. And one of the worst things you could say to a Jewish person is call them uncircumcised. Since we can't relate to that when I'm under the Old Testament law, let me tell you what you can do. You can take circumcision and take that out and replace that word circumcision with a number of things. Confirmation. Baptism of any kind. Church attendance. Religious signs and symbols that you might wear. There's all kinds of things. Because here's point number three. It's the danger of dependence on religious ritual or observance. It's not something outward. It's not something you do religiously. You'll be deceived. Stephen was one of the early church leaders. He preached one sermon. 
We have it recorded in the book of Acts. And the climax of Stephen's one sermon, which got him killed, by the way, the climax (laughs) shows why they got so angry at him, because he's talking to a Jewish crowd, and he's a Jew, and here's what he says in climax, verse 51, uh, you stiff-necked people with uncircumcised hearts and ears. You are just like your fathers. You always resist the Holy Spirit. He takes them through their history, and it's a reminder, and it's the truth about their hearts, (laughs) their hearts. And as religious as they were and as religious as religious as their history was in terms of richness, their hearts were the problem. It's not church attendance. It's not baptism. It's not confirmation. It's not any kind of religious rite of observance. Those things have their place, but those things are signs, are meant to be signs of the truth of the heart. So where are we? Well, we're... On the fourth point, the first, the danger of failing to properly judge oneself, the danger of dependence on religious heritage, the danger of dependence on religious ritual or observance. Finally, verse 28 of Romans chapter 2, a man is not a Jew if he's only one outwardly, nor is circumcision merely outward and physical. No, a man is a Jew if he is one inwardly. And circumcision is circumcision of the heart by the Spirit, not by the written code. Such a man's praise is not from men, but from God. A true Jew called by God out of the world to be God's own prized possession is not someone who's just religious. Not someone who just believes in God. It's someone who has had their hearts transformed. Now go back to verse 12. All who sin apart from the law will also perish apart from the law, and all who sin under the law will be judged by the law. For it is not those who hear the law who are righteous in God's sight, but it is those who obey the law who will be declared righteous. Indeed, when Gentiles who do not have the law do by nature things required by the law, they are a law for themselves, even though they do not have the law. Since they show that the requirements of the law are, and here is the key, are written on their hearts. Their conscience is also bearing witness, and what can be confusing, but hopefully it won't be after we read it, and their thoughts now accusing, now even defending them. Wait a minute. Accusing? Defending? This will take place on the day when God will judge men's secrets. He knows the truth about every heart through Jesus Christ as my gospel declares. What does he mean by the thoughts accusing and then defending? Well, let me give you the fourth point. The fourth point very clearly is the heart of the matter. And the heart of the matter is the heart. Nineteen years old, knelt in my front yard, asked God to forgive me, asked Jesus to come into my life and become my Lord and Savior. And when I yielded, when I repented in that moment, God did an amazing thing. 
You see, I knew up until that prayer, up until that moment in my life, I knew I was not right with God. I believed in God. I believed in Jesus Christ. I believed in the standard or morality of the Bible, but I knew I was in trouble. I knew I was in trouble. I needed a Savior, and I knew Jesus was the Savior. And up until that moment, I knew I was not right with God, and my conscience defiled me. It accused me, and it was right in that I'm not right with God. But in that moment, when I prayed that prayer, and it's like heaven came down, and all of a sudden, washing all over me, the Holy Spirit cleansed me, washed me. And I instantly, instantly, just like that, instantly had peace with God. Instantly. And before, just a few seconds before, my thoughts were accusing me. And in that miracle moment, my thoughts are now defending me. In the sense that now I knew I was right with God. I had peace. I'd been forgiven. I had Jesus now. In my heart, he had become my Savior, and he would become my Lord. The Bible talks about that. Deuteronomy, read it with me. You ready? Here we go. The Lord your God will circumcise your hearts and the hearts of your descendants so that you will love him with all your heart and with all your soul and live. And the implication is you haven't found life until you've had this experience of God circumcising your heart. But there's another interesting verse, Jeremiah chapter 4. And Jeremiah says, circumcise your hearts to the Lord, yourselves to the Lord, circumcise your hearts. God's waiting to do a work, a miracle in someone's heart. But the first step is for us to yield. You have to yield you have to repent. You have to be willing to turn. Guess what some of us need to repent of? Self-righteousness. We may be talking to some people. You may be someone that other people think you're a Christian. Other people think you're headed for heaven. You might have thought you were headed for heaven. Saul of Tarsus, most religious Pharisee. He tells us in Philippians, in regard to legalistic righteousness, I was faultless. All the other Jews would have said, Saul, he's going to heaven. No, he wasn't. Because he was depending on his righteousness, on his religion, on his religious ritual and observance, on his belief in God. But he had never really been born again. He had never had that circumcision of the heart. Colossians talks about it. Here's what he says. In him you were also circumcised in the putting off of the sinful nature, not with circumcision done by the hands of men, but with the circumcision done by Christ. Religious person. One who believes in God. But the Holy Spirit ministering to you right now. And you realize, you know, as religious as you've been, you've never been converted. You're like Nicodemus, that man that came to Jesus at night, and he's a religious man, he's a religious leader, and Jesus started the conversation with Nicodemus, and he said, you must be born again. 
You must be born again. Somebody, you need to be born again. We're so glad that you joined us for today's edition of The Living Word. Thanks for being a part of our listening audience. If you'd like to hear today's message from the Book of Romans again, or hear more from Pastor Danny Hodges, visit ccfstpete.church. You're also invited to join our Bible reading plan. Just look under the Resources tab on our website for more information. As you make your way through the Bible, you might be surprised how something you read hits your heart exactly where you're at or what you're going through. God's Word has a way of doing that, and it's unmistakably God's way of speaking to you. As we wrap up our time with you today, we'd like to take a moment to ask you to partner with us here on The Living Word. Would you join with us in praying for the listeners of this program? You never know how someone might be impacted by hearing about God over the radio, even if they weren't intending to. Pray that listeners would be open to hearing the gospel message. Pray also that we'd continue seeking God's will for this program in teaching the Word and reaching the world. We'd also like to ask you to pray about supporting The Living Word financially. If you feel led, you can find a way to do this through our website, ccfstbete.church. Just click on the Give tab. We're so grateful for your support. Thanks for praying, giving, and listening here on The Living Word.